Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Sports Chatter, a brand new episode. And today we have a special guest, one of my good friends, a mega Yankees fan. And I brought my friend on here today, not because he's just a mega Yankee fan, but because he's gives his non-biased objectives almost every single time. He's very good at that. And as much as big of a Yankee fan he is, he's always giving his true opinions. And this is my friend, Zach Ellick. Zach, thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's going to be fun, I think. So ready to get into it whenever you guys are. Absolutely. So the main focus today is the New York Yankees, as I mentioned before, and we're going to be talking mostly about the offseason. What what can the Yankees do to bring another winning team into New York again? So first things first, probably the biggest headline so far that's been striking the Yankees has been DJ LeMahieu. Two times in a row with the New York Yankees. He signed a two-year contract two years ago, and he's been in MVP considerations twice, top three last year at least. I'm not 100% about 19, but he's been one of the most consistent hitters in baseball. He's the first ever player to win a batting title in not only the NL, but the AL. And now the Yankees find them in a predicament because DJ LeMahieu is up there in age, but has he played his best baseball yet is the question. Zach, what do you think about the whole entire DJ LeMahieu situation? Yeah, LeMahieu is an incredible player. I mean, watching the Yankees, they always seem to be surrounded with talent, especially offensively. But I really can't remember anybody, and even including great contact hitters like Jeter, that you just feel confident every time they step up to the plate, kind of like you do with LeMahieu. So he's definitely going to be a huge piece wherever he winds up. Hopefully he'll stay in New York. But obviously that's going to be something that they've been trying to work around, and we'll have to see how it winds up. But he's definitely going to be a huge piece to whoever team uh, winds up bringing him home. Oh, regardless, he is a just incredible hitter and he's shown that. I mean, he hit 364 last year and he hit 10 home runs through just the 50 games he played the year prior. He only hit 26 in 145 games played. So his power is still obviously there, if not improving in Yankee stadium, what is the maximum offer slash deal slash price the Yank- you would go if you were the Yankees with LeMahieu? Because obviously this guy wants big money. It's probably his last time getting a big – last time for a contract at 31 years old. What's Where do you go if you're, if you're the Yankees? Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I think um, we're going to wind up with some sort of weird deal with some options, some uh, back-loaded or front-loaded pay. Um, I think the, the big thing right now is the fourth or fifth year. So if I'm the Yankees, I would probably try to offer something. I think originally the reports were between four years, $80 million and five years, $100 million. So if they could mm-hmm. do something, I think now they're trying closer to 125 in LeMahieu's camp. So talking to other teams, just seeing, hey, I am worth it. I think he wants to stay in New York, but he's kind of showing them right now by meeting with other teams people are willing to pay his price tag and they're willing to pay way more than that too. So the Yankees are going to have to match whatever price he wants to play for the Yankees. I think he will not give a discount, but he's going to get what he feels is fair for his market value. So I think if the Yankees come in with an offer um, five years, a hundred million dollars, like they were originally talking about, Um, They offer the fifth year as a player option. And if he opts out, they'll pay him $8 million or however it is, a team option. They're going to have to figure something out where they think that fifth year will be fair for both sides. Maybe they can even make it a mutual option to just make sure that he feels that he's wanted. The Yankees obviously want him back. He's a huge piece to their team. And um, 
hopefully they'll be able to figure it out. But I think there's a lot of work to be done. And especially after the impact the Rays just made on the division, giving away Snell, not getting Charlie Morton back. We have a long time, I think, before Cashman is going to do anything. I agree. I definitely agree. I think this is a good time for the Yankees to maybe strike right now, especially with where the division stands, because with the Rays not bringing those guys back, and the Red Sox not being 100% there, they had, were awful last year, and I don't see them making too much of a more of an impact this upcoming season. It will be a little bit before they're back. It seems like the Yankees can really start getting it going again. And DJ LeMahieu, in my opinion, I think they absolutely need LeMahieu back because looking at the, what the Yankees lineup did last year, they lost a lot of guys. Judge was very, very good when he was there, when he was playing. But unfortunately, he wasn't playing the whole time. Stanton was very good in the postseason, but he barely played in the regular season. This and that, and Torres wasn't hitting, but I'm not too worried about Torres. But the guy who was always there, it just felt like every time you needed a hit, LeMahieu was there. So in your opinion, do the Yankees 100% need LeMahieu back for success? I think having LeMahieu back is a huge part of them recreating what they have the last couple of years in the playoffs. Obviously, they haven't been able to get over the hump and get the World Series like they're always going after every single year. But I do think there are ways without re-signing LeMahieu that they can formulate a team that's still competitive and still just as good as those teams that they had in years prior. Um, they obviously are very thin in pitching right now. If they were able to get one or two guys, maybe – um, even offer some guys on one-year prove-it deals, I think you would be able to replace what you're lacking from LeMahieu offensively with solid pitching. And they've really been lacking that recently, and I think that's the main reason why they haven't been able to get over the hump. There's never been a question about their bullpen, never been a question about their offense. And um, really, it's just come down to pitching. And when it comes down to it in September, October, they really start to thin out. And with injuries not being deep enough, they haven't uh, been able to compete when you're going up against rotations that are Verlander, uh, Granky, Cole in the playoffs. It's tough to compete against when you're throwing out Severino, Tanaka, Cece, as great as they are. They're not guys that you necessarily want to send out saying, if we send this guy out, I feel like we have a 90% chance of winning the game if we can score three runs. You can't really say that about any of the, the guys that the Yankees have been throwing out. Now they have Cole, so they have that one guy. It's really about who they can put behind him now. Exactly, and that's actually kind of a leeway into what I wanted to speak about next. And it was the Yankees starting pitching. So we'll obviously continue to talk about the Yankees as a whole. Their offense will bring up DJ LeMahieu as the episode goes on. But the Yankees need, obviously, over the past couple of years, you just mentioned it as best as you possibly could have. It's been the pitching, the starting pitching. It feels like when the Yankees get into seven game series, you're lacking that extra guy that you need. And all of a sudden you go for a bullpen game and you get lit up in the first inning and this and that. And it's just been almost screwing the Yankees over. So now you got, obviously you said you got Cole, you got your guy that you'll go, he'll go out there and pitch two to three games in a seven game series, three, if you're lucky, obviously, but he'll go out there and pitch two games when you need him. And that's what you're going to get. You'll get two wins out of Cole and you expect that for $300 million. He's done there. He's been there. He's done that next. Who's who do you get next? Because you, you think that, Domingo Harmon is probably going to come back, you hope, because he's been pitching well in the Dominican Republic. Tanaka's not coming back 100%. Paxton is not coming back 100%. I don't know. if Are they going to re-sign him? What is the gist on that? I think the Yankees are in a tricky spot right now. They have Cole, and after that, everything is pretty much question marks. Uh -huh. People are saying they have Garcia and Montgomery, but really those two guys are pretty unproven. Of the two, exactly. I think Montgomery is definitely more solidified of what you're going to have out of him. Mm -hmm. He's going to be a solid 
three, four guy. I think he has the potential to be a very good left-handed innings eater, kind of like Mark Burley was not going to say he's going to become Mark Burley, but he has those same qualities. He throws strikes. Um, he has the capabilities to be that guy from them. It's interesting because they have a lot of guys coming back that you have no idea what you're going to get out of them. Uh, Severino coming off of a major injury. He's not probably not going to be back for the start of the season. If he is, is he going to be back at a hundred percent? You can't really expect him to be what he was in 2017, 2018 right away. So um, that's a big question mark as their number two starter, who they're going to be locking in as their number two. Uh, Domingo Herman, you have no idea what he's going to be after a year out of baseball. He's pitching in the Dominican Republic. He's pitched well a couple of times, but he's also been lit up a couple of times. I think we're banking on Domingo Herman to be what the 18, 19 game winner he was in mm-hmm. 2018 when uh, he wasn't necessarily even that great that season. He had great numbers, I think, on the road it was and struggled to pitch at home. So there's just a lot of question marks, and they definitely need to do stuff to improve the rotation. Without a doubt. So if you were to look at some of the guys in the free agency, because obviously you said the Yankees need to pick someone up, because just depending on what you said right there is not a winning baseball team right now, because with injuries and this and that, it's just straight up not not dependable. So who, who are the, some of the guys you, they they are considered to look at guys like Corey Kluber, maybe bringing in a vet like him on a one or two year deal. And I like that deal because I actually discussed this on another podcast or another radio show. And we said that we were discussing that maybe Kluber's a good idea because he's a similar type of architect like Davey Garcia. Very similar in that they're not ramping it up to 100 every time, but very kind of a finesse guy. He sits around 94, 95, good slurving action on his off-speed pitch, this and that. What do you think about that move, bringing in a guy like Kluber for a one- or two-year deal? Yeah, I think there are a lot of guys that they can kind of bring in on one-year prove-it deals that a a ton of the pitchers can learn a lot from. They have a pretty young rotation in general right now. Obviously, Cole is a great leader for a rotation, but um, it's good to get different input from different guys. And I think bringing in a guy like Kluber with that much experience, he's pitched in the postseason, won Cy Young Awards, been runners-up for Cy Young Awards multiple times. Obviously, you can't go wrong with a signing like that. If you can get him on a one-year deal, I think that's worth it. And I think that's what the Yankees are kind of going to lean towards if they do go after starting pitching and free agency, which it seems like they will. I think you're going to be looking at a lot of talk about one-year prove-it deals. Uh, Kluber would be a good signing. Odorizzi is another guy I could see them going after. Or maybe they just go after uh, James Paxton and re-sign and bring him back. It depends how confident they really feel in him. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You also have to consider uh, Tanaka is out there. I don't know what he's going to cost. I don't know if he's interested in going back to Japan. Uh, They have Sugano too. It'd be an interesting idea if they tried to bring Tanaka and Sugano in, maybe help him adjust to Major League Baseball. So I think it would be interesting if they did go after one of those guys. But I think what you're really going to see is them trying to get somebody who's cheap contract-wise through a trade. It seems like that's the direction they need to head towards, especially if you're giving LeMahieu big money. Because think about it, you're going to have to probably, you're definitely going to have to sign Judge. Most likely Torres as well. And the third guy I wanted to talk about that either needs money or needs to be traded is Luke Voigt. Mm -hmm. Is it smart to trade Luke Voigt right now? Most likely he's at his highest trade value he will ever be at. He just led Major League Baseball in home runs. Chances are he's not that as consistent as he's going to be as he was in 2020 in years to come. Is it smart to trade him right now? Yeah, I think that's very interesting what you bring up for a couple of reasons. 
Uh, the first one being the Yankees obviously have a history of big time power hitting uh, left-handed third base, first baseman. So just thinking back, they've had to share a Giambi Mattingly. Yankees are always seeming to build their lineup around the stadium, around the short porch. And a lot of that starts with a big first baseman hits you a lot of home runs. So um, Voight obviously being right-handed and the way their lineup is built right now, obviously doesn't really fit uh, that kind of MO that they've had in years prior. They have a lot of righties and I think there's a lot of things they can do. Um, the next thing that's kind of interesting as a Yankee fan, I feel like the fan base is very selfish about the pieces that they have. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, they have tons of pieces. Um, they don't necessarily have the spots to put them everywhere. You have to consider um, judge is going to be somebody you want to keep a Yankee for life. Yep. Hicks signed a seven year deal, I think two years ago. So he's still got five years left on his contract. Mm -hmm. They've got Frazier and Talkman out in left field. Their contracts are winding down, but they still have years of arbitration years. Then they have guys coming up. They have Florio, they have Jason Dominguez, and nobody wants to trade these guys when in reality, you're not going to be able to trade Hicks. You're not going to want to let Judge go. So you're going to have to be willing to part way with some of these pieces, especially if you want to pull in some of the bigger fish in the market in the at, at the trade deadline um, in the offseason. We'll see what happens. A hundred percent. And that's where troubles obviously amount because you want these guys and you don't want to get rid of these guys because they could be so good. But how many guys can you really hold on to? You saw the right. Yankees and try to go ahead. Yeah, to answer your question, I think it's much more likely that the Yankees will trade Frazier than them trading Voight. And I just think that's because they have so much depth in the outfield. And I think yeah. uh, they can also kind of balance out their lefty-righty uh, splits right now because they have Talkman who can play left field. They have Florial who hits left-handed. He can play left field. Um, Gardner, you always – you never know if the Yankees are going to bring Gardner back again on a one-year deal. They love doing that. So I think mm – -hmm. Frazier is definitely right now offensively the most likely piece to get traded. It makes sense too, because the one thing that was really like highly regarded about him was his defense. And all of a sudden he's a gold glove finalist. I know he didn't win it, but he was the top three in the American league, according to the gold glove competition. So his trade value is definitely high, not as high as Voight, but it's definitely up there because he's got a beautiful swing too. He can really, if he was an everyday starter and was able to play 145 games this season, he'd be a very solid player. Yeah, and I think it's it's uh, very interesting how quickly Yankees fans are to rip on Frazier for his defense. And it's just funny mm -hmm. because um, you're expecting a guy, he's, he came up as a left fielder, judge gets hurt, you stick him in right field. Um, it's not that easy. It's not as simple not as you can play left field, you can play right field. Um, so I think getting routine time helps. He also didn't get routine time in right field. So him platooning in right field, trying to learn a new position, not easy. Also, something that he's been saying a lot in interviews this offseason, one of the big things with him, he feels like, is his defense was hindered by his concussions. And he was still having issues with depth perception and everything in 2019 when he was trying to make that adjustment to play multiple outfield positions. And he said once he figured that out in 2020, it kind of came back to him. He was able to figure everything out. So hopefully he'll keep making steps in the right direction and he'll be a serviceable outfielder if nothing else yeah without that I'm, I'm confident in that I'm confident in Frazier I've always kind of liked Frazier I've thought yeah. he was a, a solid piece and he will be a solid piece on wherever he ends up if it's the Yankees as well but speaking on guys that are due a lot of money and you got to spend a lot of money on these guys John Carlos Stanton he has just been 
almost a nightmare. He's been injured. He's barely played. Yes, he was insane in the playoffs, but there's no guarantee this guy plays the full season. And he was lucky he was able to play in this postseason. And yes, he thrived. But is there any possible way the Yankees can get rid of Stanton for some pieces? Because obviously it's a lot of money. Regardless, they would still have to take on a good, a decent amount of that contract. But just get, getting rid of that spot. Or do you just keep him as the DH? And because now that you have an, a, more of an established outfield, you can just ride Stanton at DH and just let him hit every single day. Is that the move for the Yankees? The right move? Yeah, I think the Yankees are in a super interesting spot with Stanton. It's tough to trade him because there's so many check boxes that need to be filled out in order for a deal to happen. 100%. So if you think it's possible, it's just finding the right team, finding the right fit, and seeing if you can get any return for it. The way I see it, is it's either going to have to be a double contract dump where they're getting somebody back whose contract is just as bad as Stanton's, mm -hmm. in which case I think they would want to try to get a pitcher back to see if they can rejuvenate or see whatever they can do with him. And um, I also think if you could possibly trade Stanton with a bunch of prospects to make it worth it for a team to take him, then that's something you would have to consider. But the problem with that is that Stanton also has a no-trade clause, so you're going to have to find a team, probably a competitor in a big market. That's what he was looking for when he was getting traded from the Marlins for him to actually accept the trade. And then the other thing is you are going to be trading. If you trade for somebody with that big of a contract, they probably have a no trade clause themselves. So for example, if they were going to trade for Zach Greinke, Greinke never wanted to play in New York. So there's a, a bunch of obstacles to come behind. But um, one thing that I did uh, look into, which I think could be interesting, the Yankees would still have to give up a ton of prospects to make this happen. Uh, Stanton becomes a free agent in uh, 2028, which is crazy to think about. He's due about $30 million a year for the next seven seasons, which comes out to about $210 million. The Nationals just signed Steven Strasburg after his incredible postseason last year. He's a free agent in 2027, so he's got six more years left on his contract for $35 million a year. So that also equals out to $210 million. That's an example of where I could see it happening, whether the Nationals are willing to part ways. It's kind of their identity to be a pitching first organization. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I can necessarily see that happening, especially now with no uh, universal DH, but it would have to be a deal like that for it to really make sense for both sides. 100%. You're right. And it seems like without the DH in the NL, he's probably going to have to stick in the AL because of the fact he can't stay healthy when he's in the field. It's just inevitable now that this man cannot stay healthy and he has to just ride DH. And I think it's, you're right. It's very, very hard to make anything make sense with trading Stanton, especially right now. So they'll have to ride with it. And DH just seems like it has to be the move. And hopefully this guy doesn't get hurt running around the bases, but you never know. And that's a point that we'll just have, they'll have to write out because that's a lot of money they agree to. And that's on them at that point. So before we end up wrapping up, let's talk about Gary Sanchez, because that's also one of the most talked about topics, of course, of this offseason. There's so much going around with the Yankees right now because they're in a situation where they can win, but they're not just there yet. But how exactly do they get there? And one of the bigger pieces is, of course, Gary Sanchez, because when this guy came up, he was a massive power hitter. He absolutely raked at the plate and his defense wasn't there, but it's okay because this guy was just absolutely hitting the ball so well, ripping home runs left and right, ripping doubles into the right center gap, using all parts of the field. And now all of a sudden this guy can hit and 
not to mention his defense isn't good. So when both things aren't clicking, he's cannot be behind the plate for the Yankees. What's what do the Yankees do with this man? Yeah, well, first things first. Nothing is going to happen with Sanchez this offseason. I don't it think can't. it can't. No. I think that the Yankees are at a point with Sanchez where he's going to come in again next season as I would say the opening day catcher, but you really have to see the connection that Higashioka and Cole have made throughout their starts together. So he might not even be their opening day catcher. I do think that Sanchez is still going to be catching at least four or five days a week. I would be shocked if he wasn't. But um, it's going to be a huge year for Sanchez to prove it. It just doesn't make sense for them to trade him right now. Um, his value is at an all-time low, obviously. But he's doing all the right things. He's playing baseball right now in the Dominican Republic, trying to refine all his tools. Hopefully, uh, he can carry over some of this momentum he's been having, smashing baseballs every single day in the Dominican Republic. Hopefully, it'll carry over to uh, the States. And um, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense to me for people to make the argument how Sanchez is lazy, how Sanchez can't hit, because as bad as he's been, this the sad reality of it is he's still one of the better offensive catchers in baseball. That's oh, how yeah, thin that, the position is. So my, my response to whoever is saying Gary Sanchez has got to go is what would you do realistically to replace him? Because Real Muto is not an option for the Yankees. No. And it's hard. I wouldn't move on from him either right now because – you don't really have too much choices. And at the end of the day, you could just use Higashioka because he's very good defensively and he's not very good offensively. So there are situations where you can sub late in the game in this. And working with two catchers is not the worst at the end of the day because, I mean, the Mets, I'm obviously I'm a Mets fan and they got lucky with signing McCann. But other than that, they they were beyond they, they didn't know what there's nothing to do at that point because Ramos was at the end. His offensive numbers were terrible and so were his defensive numbers towards the end of his Mets tenure so Gary Sanchez there obviously needed to be something but him working shows that he wants to be better and he has potential he's a good hitter I just think this guy might have been in his head he had a lot of bad situations especially in the playoffs against the Astros in the first inning he let a ball go past him the Astros took a one nothing lead the one against yeah. the play at the plate for when Altuve scored that I think this guy's just been in his head and a lot of people aren't on his side if it's, it's good signs that he's really working hard, though, in the Dominican Republic. And and that's the thing with Sanchez. He's making hardly any money. He still has arbitration years. Mm -hmm. So it's not going to hurt the Yankees to bench him if they have to and start playing Higashioka more and having a longer leash with him. And that's going to put pressure on Sanchez. He, he knows he's going to have to be hitting. So it's really one of those things. We're going to have to see if that pressure is going to be a good thing for him or bad thing for him. And, you know, in the Yankees lineup where there's so much protection everywhere, you're always going to have good hitters behind you. He's going to get pitches to hit. So it's just a matter of what he can do when he's given the opportunities, which he's certainly going to get this next season. Absolutely. And it's a lot of uh, like flailing and this and that, filling at sliders and curveballs in the dirt and just making him look like a fool at the plate, looking like he's his first ever at bat in Major League Baseball. But I feel like that's something a Major League hitter, especially a guy like Sanchez, who's had the success in, in the league and he's so young, he's had that, that success. He just has to find it again. And it's something that baseball players adapt to. It's slumping and it's all of sports. So lastly, before we officially wrap up, Zach, tell me your ideal lineup for the Yankees in 2021. What is what you want? T tell it to me. Yeah, there are a lot of things that I think the Yankees can do. 
the big piece that I'm hoping they can do, the, the Reds specifically have a lot of pieces that I really like. I think they should mm. definitely be in talks with the Reds, specifically about Luis Castillo. Um, he's got three more years of arbitration, I believe, left on his contract. Obviously, everybody knows how good he is. I think he's the perfect kind of pitcher the Yankees could bring in. Devastating changeup. Everybody knows. I don't have to talk about him, but I think the impact that he would have sliding in at two, being a mentor to Garcia and some of the younger guys, um, that would be huge for them. And I think he was somebody who would, I would be willing to trade, you know, Frazier and Clark Schmidt if it's going to cost that. If I can get Luis Castillo under a pretty decent contract for three years and still have money to go out and get EJ Omehu, that's something you have to consider. Um, I also like Moustakis a lot. He's coming off a down year. I obviously don't know what his value is going to look like, but I don't think he's making a crazy amount of money. I think in Yankee Stadium, especially with the protection we were just talking about, um, he could definitely make a big impact. And he plays plenty of positions too. So even if you can't bring LeMahieu back, I think Moustakis is a guy who's obviously not going to fill the hole. There's not a whole lot of players in baseball that can fill the hole that DJ LeMahieu would leave if he went elsewhere this offseason. But I think he's a bat that would definitely change uh, how the Yankees are looked. And then I think there's a lot of things uh, without going over the starting pitching again that the Yankees can do with the bullpen. I think they definitely need one or two more guys after uh, losing Canley. You don't really know what you're going to get out of Ottavino. So I think a couple guys I would look into, the number one bullpen guy I think I want is Jake McGee coming off a big season with the Dodgers. Uh, 1.67 FIP, and he, he was striking out almost 15 batters every nine innings. So he's probably coming off his best season as a reliever, even when he was closing with Colorado. So um, I think maybe if you can catch lightning in a bottle, see if you could get him in a one- or two-year deal, he would be a great addition. Obviously, Brad Hand is someone you want to look at, especially with the price tag. You figure if he just got waived by the Indians and cleared waivers at $10 million, he's going to sign for less than that. And I think especially coming off the season he is, he's definitely going to be worth a bargain. And then some lower guys that I think they might be interested in looking at. Uh, Jeremy Jeffries from the Cubs coming off a great year. His strikeout numbers went down, but I think that's just another reason you can get him on a prove it deal, sign him for cheap. And then also just a throw in if all else felt, fails, I would love to see Tommy Lestella in the on the Yankees. I think he does so many things well. He's the opposite of every single guy they have. Left-handed contact hitter puts the ball in play. You can put him anywhere in the lineup. I think he'll be successful. And he's coming off a year where he had a 370 on base percentage. You can't uh, you can't sneeze at that. And I think the Yankees love Hicks so much is because he's always walking. He's always on base and setting the table for the guys behind him in the order. And so I think uh, Listella could have that exact same impact. Lestella is a cool one. I actually always have loved Lestella because he's different and he would fit the Yankees lineup so well. He gets on base so much and it would just set the table for those big guys like Foyd and Judge and Stanton. That would be a cool one. He's also not terrible defensively. I know he's not one of the most recognized best defensive players, but he's solid and he can play most positions. He plays all over. Yeah, flexibility. He's, he's played second base, shortstop, third base. I think he's played some first with the with the athletics even, so. It's really exactly what the Yankees need, just someone who can do it, do it all and be able to just handle the bat, especially from the left side because of their right-handed heavy lineup. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they'll wind up going that route just because they have some obsession with Tyler Wade, who's an awesome athlete. I think he has the potential to be everything they're looking for in that kind of player. He just hasn't been able to put it together yet with the bat. So maybe 
injuries happen, maybe he gets more consistent at bats and he flashes a little bit of that potential that they obviously see in him. But as of yet, we haven't seen anything from him to lead us to believe that he's going to be that guy for them. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. So thank you, Zach, for coming on. This was honestly great. We got a real nice scoop into the Yankees offseason from a real perspective. So we'll definitely have you on as the offseason goes on because there's still so much, so much. It's so early. People think that, oh, that nothing's happened yet. I mean, we got that nice splash by the Padres over this past 20, 48 hours. But realistically, off players don't sign until after the new year. So there's still so much. We've got a lukewarm stove now and it's starting to cook. So I think we're definitely about to see a, a move from the Dodgers in response to what the Padres have been doing. So hopefully we'll get some some business stirring up and we'll be able to talk more about some exciting stuff going on this offseason. Without a doubt. Once again, thank you for all of our listeners. I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but it's definitely worth the listen. So thank you for everyone. Enjoy the rest of your week and happy new year. Once again, thank you, Zach, for coming on. Oh, 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 oh,